This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. A lot of talk this offseason was CJ Uzama's gone. He goes to the Jets. They get Hayden Hurst. A little bit of optimism, I felt like, going into the preseason game one of what Hayden Hurst can bring. He's younger. He really never got the shot to be tight in number one, that big guy with a quarterback like Joe Burrow. Here he is on this offense, makes key plays. You would think he made the play in overtime that was going to help them win the game with the go-ahead field goal. But unfortunately, that did not happen. But I think if you look at the glass half full when it comes to offensive weapons and to be determined on, like as I mentioned before, T. Higgins, if he plays on Sunday, what you can really get out of Peyton Hurst at the tight end position. What did you think of Hurst's play on Sunday? I liked it. I, I, I He's – I don't want to say like he looks like he could be a number one option for a team. No, but like when he was called upon, he did a great job. Uh, I, starting in the first quarter, he catches that ball on third down. And a lot of times you see a guy catch that. And then the offensive line basically picks up the running back and takes him another five yards before he falls down. But Hurst had nobody pushing him. And he carried, I think it was two Steelers across that first down line. Like that was, that was some awesome effort. And I loved seeing that. And then, relatively quiet but you have to understand that he is probably what fifth in the pecking order when you think yeah. boyd higgins Maybe chase fourth. and mixon uh I, well when higgins at times at times at times he might be your fourth wide receiver yeah fourth wide receiver i i think run game and mixon. oh yeah no no, no, no i'm not was, taking joe mixon yeah. out of this please let me correct myself <laughs> joe mixon is obviously going to be there but i think when you think of offensive weapons obviously he's a tight end but I think in the wide receiver room or just receptions alone I would maybe put Hayden Hurst at four I mean you look at the other guys you got in the wide receiver room you're not winning a lot of games with them see Mike Thomas in the NFL game this past weekend I felt bad Mike Thomas struggled but I was also like oh man they're kind of trying to use him in the Higgins role at times where they just like kind of ran a play and it was like yeah, T would be running that right now. Like that one play he where would have uh, caught the touchdown. T Higgins would have caught the touchdown in the end zone. I'm so sorry, Mike Thomas. Uh, I'm I know. so sorry. I hope you rebound <laughs> yeah. and you make some catches because look, they might need you in Dallas on Sunday. But unfortunately, 
we knew what we were going to get in the bottom half of the wide receiver room for the Cincinnati Bengals. So no, I just feel like Hurst is going to be one of those guys that obviously tied in, but can be your fourth receiver. If you kind of think of it. Just an insane catch in overtime to set up the field goal, like to get both feet down on that was, Oh my goodness. I forgot how awesome it was until I rewatched. And I was just like, sheesh. It's, actually kind of Hurst, a it's a little bit of a dagger. <laughs> if you think about it, because you're like, Oh, Keaton Hurst, great part of this offense, and then he makes the catch, and you think they should have, they should have made the field goal, they should have won the game. Yeah, no, there's so many, there's so many narrative stories about like how Hayden Hurst was the hero for making that catch and stepping up and all these other things, and I keep thinking nobody would have wrote it, but I always think I would have said something about Wilcox as a hero if he actually, if the snap doesn't get, if, if the kick doesn't get blocked, it's like, yeah, you just had an emergency long snapper step in there, it was a little slow, but it was fine. So I, I've thought of all too. this. Long snappers are people too. That's what I want to say. I mean, people are like, when how's Clark Harris get hurt? Half his job is running 40 yards downfield to make a tackle, guys. That's how he got hurt. He doesn't snap and then just kind of sit there like, ah, nice. Another good one. <laughs> but no. um, I liked I liked Hurst a lot. Uh he wasn't used the way I thought he would be as a blocker. I thought there'd be a lot more sift, cuts, all those type of things, but he was fine. I, I thought he was better as a blocker in this game than he was last year in Atlanta. So that was very promising. I still don't think he's going to be Uzama as a blocker in line, at least he's, but he's more athletic and uh, look, he might be a better receiver uh, watching him. I was just, I was really impressed. He made the CG Uzama was the guy to drag guys across the first down marker on third down. Hurst did that. And then Hurst added on that insane catch that I don't think Uzama makes that catch, but different players. I think you're going to get at least a similar result. Uh, in production from her. So I was really impressed and nobody's really talking about it because it was a loss and you want to talk about all the negatives, but I thought he was solid in his debut. I do want to say something that I said about Hurst and earlier in the segment, I said, number one option, I kind of met more in the tight end room at his other oh, yeah. teams of being the number one option. He's obviously, I hope he's never the number one option in Cincinnati. No offense, he nursed. You, you hope that's always uh, your guy, Jamar Chase and uh, T Higgins. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But we'll go to the offensive line because... I think there are a lot of lazy takes after games. It's people who didn't watch the game or rewatch the game. National experts that say, oh, Joe Burrow sucks seven times. This offense line is terrible. They didn't fix anything. They didn't spend any money in free agency. Who are these guys out there? They're still struggling. Poor Joe Burrow, seven sacks. I'm going to have you do the good and the bad. Glass half full, glass half empty. We'll start with the good because I feel like Bengals land could use some optimism and some good news. When you think of three offensive line plays, what stands out for you from Sunday? All right. So the first one that stood out to me just massively was Cordell Volson got a snatch trap on Cam Hayward. So we have to discuss what a snatch trap is first. Yes. Cam Hayward loves to, yeah, Cam Hayward loves to bull rush. And when you bull rush, you get at least one, usually with him, both arms and hands inside of the Jersey, rushing the guy backwards. This is what 
you know, Volson gave up his sack on on the first play of the game. So Volson responds when Hayward pushes into him with both his hands. The snatch trap is basically taking your fist and punching his arm to get that leverage point to go away. And he has so much weight on his hands and pushing forward that it's like pulling the rug out from underneath someone pulling the chair out so he falls onto his face so Cordell Wilson fourth round rookie got Cam Hayward with a snatch trap and made him fall onto his face one-on-one he was on an island Karras was busy blocking uh Larry Ogunjobi on the play so uh I believe I'm just gonna double check real quick I'm gonna double check this because I'm not absolutely immediately immediately Karras goes and blocks Ogunjobi and um uh Volson is able to snatch trap and get Hayward to fall on his face. So that was an awesome rep from him. I really loved another rep. Uh, this one from Alex Kappa where he is on a, uh, a double. He it's a duo, which is getting double teams on the first level, working to the second level. Anyway, all this, <laughs> all this is to say um, Alex Kappa, he takes Miles Jack, who's a linebacker. He basically couldn't double because Miles Jack was so close to the line of scrimmage that he just had to pick him up instead. He was basically on the line of scrimmage. And he turns him, takes another man, drives him into another guy, and pan- gets two pancakes for the price of one. He puts Miles Jack and he puts uh, – just checking the number. I believe 94. I'm not sure. That might be Aluwalu. Puts them both on the ground. <laughs> so he opens up a hole and puts two guys on the ground by himself. That was an awesome rep from Alex Kappa. So wanted to shout that out. And I'm going to go unorthodox on the first time I do this segment. My third one is Joe Mixon. <laughs> I just talked about his blitz pickups and how I want him to be better. There is a, a play where they called play action. Everybody's selling uh, play action. They're trying to pick up the defensive lineman right away. But the Steelers send Terrell Edmonds off of the edge. And instead of carrying out the play action, Joe Mixon sees that and immediately goes, picks up Terrell Edmonds. And it leads to an explosive play to T Higgins because Joe Burrow doesn't get decapitated on the backside of that because he couldn't see him coming. So awesome job from Mixon. It's the opposite side of where he's normally looking. Just love to see it. Love to see him do something awesome in pass protection like that. He did have a hiccup. It's okay. <laughs> I saw that one too. But I wanted to just shout out that's that's just really high level um, thinking processing, which is really his issue in pass protection. He's not a guy that shies away. He wants to he wants the contact, and that also fits with how he is as a runner. But uh, he wants to pick up these safeties in these corners. He actually gets too antsy, I think, when he messes up pass protection. He's like, I want to go hit that guy. I want to go hit that guy. And he steps up, and then there's a guy running the other way, and it's like, no, Joe, <laughs> you got too excited. That guy wasn't coming. But uh, that was an awesome play where he saves Burrow's skin, and they get an explosive play all because of his pass protection. So those are the three highlights that I wanted to point out. Now you're going to go to the bad part. And I feel like I could I could probably already name the player that you're going to come up with first, but uh, I'll have you do it. Your three bad ones for this offensive line. Okay, so <laughs> is it uh, uh, Jonah Williams gave up a strip sack? Um, you know what? I will say this: it's the play. It's two of the players that I really didn't think were going to struggle that much when I think about this offensive line. But Jonah, man, Jonah didn't look great. 
But I thought it was actually I, – I didn't think he played terrible. I didn't think he got beat up and down the field by Highsmith. I thought when he lost, he lost bad. But he also won a majority of the reps. It's just you can't give up two sacks. That's the thing that sucks as an offensive lineman. You win almost every rep, but you lose that bad on two reps and you had a bad game. And no way around it. Like uh, That's just not acceptable. But, yeah, uh, Highsmith got him a few times, man. It, it was – Highsmith was in his bag with spin moves and uh, a fake chop. That was the one where he got him on the strip sack was he like faked the chop and went around, got Jonah to throw his hands. That's usually something Jonah does so well with not falling for all those fakes went around the outside, Burrow's a little deep in the pocket, but it's a pressure. So he can't step up anyway. So I get it. And Highsmith's able to get a strip sack. So something I don't think that's going to last for Jonah and I'm not too, too worried about it. The second one is just, as much as the offensive line didn't really have any communications in the pass game, I thought they had quite a few in the run game. And the one I think of is they're running wide zone to the left. And on the backside, you have Kappa and Collins. Think right guard, right tackle. Uh, Kappa thinks I'm just going to give out a little bit of a hand to help and I'm going to go to the next level. And Collins is thinking, I'm going to go block TJ Watt. <laughs> and help out the tight end so he's not solo blocking Watt. And then Ogunjobi just runs right in between them because they just – no communication on that one. There were, I think Collins thought, oh, Kappa's going to take that guy. And uh, Kappa thought, oh, I'm going to give Collins a little help and I'm going to go get the linebacker. So that will probably be fixed over time. But there were like five of those in the run game where you just want to have better – uh, protection. And the last one is just what I already talked about with Volson. Cam Hayward kind of stutters. Volson's one-on-one -on -one with him. And then Hayward gets a real good push initially, gets him off balance, backing up, and then just runs right through his inside. And that is the area you don't want to give up as uh, an offensive lineman. And he gets a sack from that. So is what it is. That's an elite player. But uh, man, hate to see uh you give up a pressure that quick to a bull rush you want to see those guys dying slow where they're just like popping back hip hip, hip. <laughs> as they go back and imagine like straining and just like kind of like please get this ball out instead of oh crap <laughs> he's like knocked off balance guys running free stay in front next time i know he's elite i know he's hard to block but just stay in front um also don't 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 let him do the Gino where he would pick guys up and like sack the quarterback with the offensive lineman. Don't do that either, but just stay in front and make it harder on him. When you hear what you see and you're watching, obviously the game again from, from the Steelers in week one, this offensive line, are you optimistic? These are things that can get fixed with this offensive line. And then you have Collins coming up with the Dallas Cowboys. Feels like an internal revenge game. I think all that stuff is really silly because you're gonna be want to you're gonna want to be ready every week in the NFL as an offensive lineman and an NFL player. I don't think it really matters who you're going up against, but obviously there's a little bit of added pressure when it's your former team. You think about this offensive line alone and you hear seven sacks, and some of those are on Joe Burrow. Um, you, you can see it. Joe does it every year. Joe's never going to change when it comes to that. It's unfortunate at times because you don't want Joe to get hurt. And then obviously it's not great for your offense, but overall with this offensive line as a guru, as someone who watches all of the guys in the NFL, you're my offensive line. You're, you're my number one, you know, what's going on. 
it can it be fixed? Your, <laughs> I just can't you have contact with Jeff Schwartz. Hyping you up, the expert of offensive <laughs> the best one in the NFL. Um, I know you, you've had some contact with Duke Merriweather. I'm not better than him. <laughs> yeah, we Duke would have been a great guest. You know what? Duke may join us on Thursday night. I, I will work on that. But we'll go to oh the offensive God. line right now overall. I'm going to have you, a notepad out. You think of what you've – what you've seen, we've seen some bad offensive linemen. I mean, you can go back to about seven, eight months ago. Is this offensive line better? Are the Bengals getting criticized a little too much for people maybe not watching the tape and, and re-watching that game that maybe it is just getting more reps together going into the season? To me, demonstrably better. Like as individuals, they all look much better than what they had last year. I think some of it is just unlucky and you're going to see over accumulation of reps that this doesn't have. I think of Jonah, Jonah doesn't give up two sacks in a game very often. So that's probably not happening. Well, oh, he faces Michael Parsons. I should probably hold my tongue. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, he faces Miles Garrett and, and he gives up one sack and then he gives up two sacks to Alex Highsmith. And this is just like a consistency thing. You, you want to see that. Um, but it's, I think he gets in his own head sometimes. He's a really smart guy and I think he overthinks things sometimes as he's getting there. Just like, I, uh, I don't know, just instead of playing with just the unconscious tuition of knowing, reacting, using all your training, he kind of thinks a little bit sometimes. And, uh, but overall, just every player, almost every player along the offensive line is better than last season. It's a matter of cohesion in the run game, play calling a little bit in uh, uh, in the run game, just not being as predictable. Um, and Burrow's always going to be taking these sacks, but I think there is the gray area that he could fall back just a little bit, and he did it in the second half. That's why I'm always hyping up this second half of this game because that's what I want the Bengals' office to look like, where he is hitting his checkdowns on time, and he is getting through his progressions quickly. He's not holding, trying to be a big game hunter. When he has to move the ball, he's moving the ball. What were we so impressed by when Josh Allen came out and tore up the Rams? It's like he took all of the underneath stuff. And that's Josh Allen, who was known as inaccurate gunslinger, just wants to fire these deep. He comes out and he throws like 80% completion and for a long time, like six air yards per attempt. Like that's not a Josh Allen thing. But if that's what the defense gives you, that's what you have to take. If they're going to play everybody deep, you take the underneath. Just very simple. Sometimes we make this very hard when it's a little bit more simple where if they're going to play people deep, you take what's underneath. If they're going to bring a guy down, now you can attack deep. It's just numbers that way. So I want to see Burrow just not completely. I don't want him to turn into like a Kirk Cousins. Or, no. you know, he, he had a great game. But I just want to see 5 10% more of protect your offensive line a little bit and protect yourself. Protect your offensive line from criticism by protecting yourself and getting that ball out. Just you know, stop running out of the pocket when it's clean and stop. Uh, he only did that a couple times, but worrisome a little bit i think he'll be okay he was fine last year and then also just get the ball out when when it's that first pick is just burned in my memory as like a core memory it's like get off of that it wasn't even a, a sack but get off of that check it down and i think that has to that just has to happen a couple more times a game instead of taking a sack just check it down live to fight another day yeah, I think you bring up a great point. You don't want Joe Burrow to change the way he is because if Joe Burrow changed the way he is, he 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 would not have that first down in the AFC Championship game where he had the play of the second half. At one, I mean, there's so many plays in that second half, but he runs for the first down and and keeps it a game and, and gets the first down and you know they extend the play and go down and score. So don't change fully, 
But I think you bring up a good point when you said protecting the offensive line and yourself. You protect yourself from getting injured. And then the criticism is the headline, seven sacks. This team didn't change anything. This is the same old offensive line. And I agree with that. I think you you, you got to be smart with that. And Joe has to change his ways when it comes to that. Not fully, but a percentage-wise. And, and hopefully that happens. And he's going to – he's. I have no doubt that today's an off day in the NFL not to be like more like, oh, Joe Burrow sitting at his locker staring into space. and <laughs> Still no staring. No he hasn't eaten. No he hasn't bathed. Yet. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I truly believe Joe Burrow did not have an off day today. I truly believe that he's uh, – I sound so corny. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, Joe Burrow never <laughs> he works. He's one of those coaches that sleeps at the stadium. Uh, no, but I truly believe that dude is like, all right, now it's war uh, because he's – He's a different cat, but uh, we'll see what happens in Dallas on Thursday. But it's crazy. There's so much to talk about. We just talked about offensive line for a full segment and Hayden Hurst. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty with this team. And we'll we'll do a little bit of what we learned after week one going into the end of the segment on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.